Help support the Hockey Hurts podcast by donating as little as $1 per month by visiting patreon.com slash hockey hurts. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for June 24th of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. Uh, I'm distracted Cameron Walsh. Yes, we are recording at about 8.11 p.m. Eastern Time during the NHL draft. We're at about the number 8th overall pick where the Sabres just made their selection, Alex Nylander. Uh, We chose to do it during this time period because we didn't want to miss out on any of the more notable trades that could have been made and we're we waited about... until elliot got traded and we went fuck it let's do it that's pretty much what happened <laughs> yeah we were like calgary's getting their goalie and i'm like uh, well i guess we'll wait a few minutes uh brian elliot to the flames uh that kind of squashes the whole mark andre Fleury to calgary oh yeah <laughs> i don't blame calgary at all i think that's the better option only one second yeah. round pick uh, Brian Elliott's been underappreciated in St. Louis for a long time. Uh, that's smart. Don't overpay for goaltending. And where does that leave Pittsburgh? I don't know. Maybe St. Louis becomes an option for Flurry. You keep hearing like Dallas needs goaltending, and they do. But is it really I behoove just, the I Penguins just... to take on like a Niemi contract? What the point of trading Flurry would be to get cap space, not to eat it up with another shit goalie you'd have I, to i'm have not calling flurry a shit goalie retain. but you, you know what i mean yeah they'd have to retain they'd have to retain money and it, it's like well what's the point you'd have so much money tied up in one position it just seems pointless as a Peng- as a as a flurry fan i could just breathe another day before i have to watch him in a different jersey if you're a murray fan uh... <laughs> No, I think they'll keep looking to move. I don't know how. They have to. They, 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 they have to in that sense. Like, they, I, me personally, I think they can work it out cap-wise to have him again next year. Absolutely, but, the, but I wouldn't do But it. the expansion draft screws all that around for what you do when you get to the end of all that. That's the problem. If the expansion draft was another 12 months down the track, then there'd be no worry about trying to push him out the door. But you can't lose uh, an asset like that for nothing. And that's where Pittsburgh are going to get screwed over. Um, here, are the, here are the things that can happen with um, keeping Flurry. One, I don't think he's really up for splitting the net. True. I think that's in his body language. Two, what if he doesn't play well? Not saying that will happen, but that's a risk that you take with this, correct? The flip mm-hmm. side of that is what if he plays great? That cuts both ways. But as we know, he's kind of up and down throughout his career. More up lately, so does that mean down's coming? Also, uh, worth noting, I um, was listening to the Garage League podcast this morning. Uh, the dual concussion thing uh, Kari Latinen was having some good, good success, and then he had a double concussion year and and since then the numbers have been not great and i think that's a legit concern uh what if no contender gets a goalie hurt then what furthermore let's say a contender does get a goalie hurt one do they have the cap space two do they have the room to take him on for an additional two years so now you're really um 
you know, it's, I'm not so saying really, you can't move you, him, but there are when, risks here. When you look at it, Rutherford's first year at the club, he really handcuffed the club by signing him up straight away. Like, you look at how Rutherford just got jam of the year, right? Basically, a lot of the moves that everyone is saying are fantastic are basically fixing errors he made himself 12 months earlier. That's that's pretty much where it, it's gone from. He's gone from being a general manager from, you know, most of the fan base going, what the hell are you doing, you old kook, to, for me, it looks as though he's going, well, I got it wrong. Let's listen to the stats, guys, and then change focus. And look at that. All of a sudden, they've got a team. But that signing of Fleury to that extension without really any reason to have to rush into doing it is why the Penguins are in this situation right now. Certainly it didn't get... need a no-movement clause on it. Correct. Like it, It's one of those things where he literally just gave him everything that he wanted, which is great for Fleury, but you're not beholden to the player. It's the organization, and that's the bit that sort of threw me with that. And everyone knows, I don't want Fleury to leave, but he has to go, and these no-movement clauses and stuff in that contract have really handcuffed the club. So I was anticipating talking a lot about Ben Bishop in Calgary and Flurry Calgary, what kind of things could, could happen there. And, you know, seconds before we, we started hit record tonight, Brian Elliott. And um, you know what? Great move by Calgary, in my opinion. Definitely. I yeah, really applaud uh, what they did there. So uh, where do we go next? Um I mean, there's just so much since our, what was our last podcast, the, the Penguins Championship one? Yahaha. Okay, so it's been a little bit. <laughs> We've had a lot of bad Evgeny Malkin trade rumors. Uh, people in Montreal are sympathetic to that. They've had a lot of really crappy PK Zaban rumors. Um, both teams. Hey, just keep what you have. <laughs> How about that? that? That would be the prudent and most logical um, thing to do. Those I guys. always like it. I always like it when you get there and go. If you trade Evgeny Malkin for someone, you don't have Evgeny Malkin, and I think that's that's how it sits for, for both of these players. You lose Subban out of there. That back six in Montreal just disintegrates. No matter what you get back the other way, you you lose Malkin, and that entire team structure that had depth from top to bottom disappears because you suddenly don't have Malkin carrying lesser skilled players. I just I find it amazing when trades like this come out and you go so quality of competition and you know the what are they called the with and without charts and stuff like that show you the effect players like this have when they're on the ice you lose them the other player that's coming in is not going to be able to balance that out yeah basically it's just it just drives me nuts and, um, you know, it used to have the three-center model, Crosby, Malkin, Stahl. Uh, that morphed into the three-superstar model, uh, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, and that really made it um, – that's what made them so difficult to match up with. Yeah. And it's why people may want to copy the speed and skill of Pittsburgh, but they're not – not every team's going to have the ability to spread a star on every line that makes it kind of tick the way it did. True. Um, so yeah, of course. What trade trade <laughs> trade one of the the key cogs in that? That makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. It's, you sit there and you hear them talk about our oh, salary cap issues and, and stuff like that. So trade the fucking goalie. Don't trade one of the top four or five centers in the world. 
I just uh, just construction of a goddamn roster. Uh, sorry. No, we're we're. I'm battle fatigued on the Malkin front. I mean, this is a, a summer ritual, as I wrote the other day. Every damn year, some shit Malkin rumor comes out, and um, you know, I address it. You know, in the way that I do, I try not to make too much light of it. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, this isn't happening. Here's why. And mm-hmm. how many teams can fit the cap hit? How many teams can give Pittsburgh what they need so that they don't fall back from being a contender? And it's just like, well, none of this makes fucking sense. So let's just not talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... So... Um, and then you can apply all that to P.K. Subban, who's one of the best personalities in the league, loves playing in Montreal. What did he donate? Eight mil? Ten mil? Whatever oh, it was. Whatever, whatever it was. You Are you kidding it. me? Yeah. That, that should be out in front of it saying, nope, not happening. He's only half-assed to do that as well, you know what I mean? Like He's only half-assed said, yeah, I'm not doing it. I mean, if somebody wants to... to like in Edmonton wants to give you a Taylor Hall and what turned out to be quite the fourth overall pick because Columbus shit themselves again. I I'm put okay. I'm putting Columbus in that tier of teams. You call um, <laughs> Vancouver, Colorado, Colorado yeah. Boston, Columbus, you call these guys and you don't let their phones stop. Although I don't know how much Columbus has left that you're like, wow, that looks good. A lot of it looks like Scott Hartnell, Nick Foligno, Brandon Dubinsky, that kind of stuff. I hope someone offersheets Seth Jones. They've really run that team like shit. They they were an up and coming team, and I really, um, I think Columbus is a great hockey market. I think it's one of the nice expansion. Like they they could be an excellent market, but man, they are really putting the screws to that fan base. There's not much you can do, is there? So I would I would throw Columbus into that mix because Edmonton gets gifted, and I listen. Uh, we were talking before the podcast. We both admit we're not prospect heavy analysts, so we're not going to pretend that we we know what's up with any of this. I can't even pronounce the dude's name. The one with the P. The Finnish dude with the P. Bajarvi. Pull 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 the pull the other one. Yeah. Okay. How he gets to Edmonton? <laughs> what? <laughs> But I guess that segues into another trade target, Nail Yakupov. Edmonton have got a chance here to actually do something with that roster now and actually fill up a couple of the holes that they've got. But they've got to try to not be attached to particular players and make sure that they don't trade the wrong one. Like, don't trade Taylor Hall. There's another guy that always seems to find himself in the rumors where you're like, what? That guy? Uh, but if you look at where, but if you look at where all the rumors generate from, it's always the old media. It's always the guys that go, his work ethic's not good, or he turns the puck over too often. All those things that, that you know, the statistical community understand. Like turning it over usually means you've got the puck a lot, particularly with a guy like Taylor Hall. Um, yes, when he makes an error, it's going to look bad because he's trying to make a play. All of those sorts of things, the old guys jump all over and go, got to get rid of him, he's no good, without looking at all the brilliant stuff that he does. That Taylor other Hall's players a top five 
left winger, probably a top five winger, probably closer to a top five winger than a top five left winger. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Like you look at that and you go, don't, don't get rid of it. You just, I, it's just like it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's all. Yeah, you shouldn't trade your best players unless you got a stack of people behind them. And all the people we've talked about, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, just just stop. <laughs> just stop. Stop it. Um, <laughs> uh, so Austin Matthews, number one overall, no surprise there. Uh, uh, and the New Jersey looked pretty cool too, I have to admit that. Toronto's always had a good look. I have. Very blessed in that sense. Austin Matthews, another American, specifically speaking, Southwest American, and I really want to pump that up because while I'm not thrilled with a lot of things Gary's been doing lately, running the league, the Southern expansion is not a flaw, even though I know a lot of Canadians think so. Uh, This has spread the game, and we're starting to see high-end players being developed in these Southern areas, and Austin Matthews is just... Uh, the latest example of that, and it's why USA Hockey, uh, as long as they don't have people like Dean Lombardi running it at the top, are going to be a force to be reckoned with internationally in the next 10 to 15 years and probably will turn into the powerhouse. Hey, as long as Donald Trump doesn't close the borders, because isn't this guy Mexican? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Look at you, Aussie, getting in on the action. Hey, just saying. What about your, uh, you know, your your big country, the Brexit? Oh, dude, I want to be a republic. I've been wanting out of that place for a while, so the Brexit's hilarious. Just Anywho, push the case we're not, for we're us. Not going, to, don't worry, we're not going. Pushes the, the case for us to become a republic and not be freaking a part of the Commonwealth anymore. So that's funny. Oh, so it does have ramifications. <laughs> well. As you said, it's not a political podcast. We'll no, discuss it today. <laughs> uh, and then Winnipeg does the right thing. Uh, is it Line? Line? Patrick Line, I think, is what I hear people say. It looks saying. like Lane. I know it's not Lane. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> He's very good. good. Good on Winnipeg for doing the obvious thing. Uh, Columbus, yep. You know Bart, what I Bart noise. That's- the thing with the thing with the the Columbus pick is that all I've heard about this particular draft is the depth isn't really there like it has been. You heard the about past. the top three the whole time. That's that's exactly what I was getting to. You heard about the top three all the time. It's all about the top three. Then all of a sudden Columbus go, no, we're going to go off the board and pick somebody who's like. And that's the thing. It's here from like four to ten. They're all picked to be good NHL players, but not franchise leading players. And and it's been pretty well established the hardest thing to collect in the nhl are cornerstones to build a franchise around and columbus doesn't have one they might have seth jones and and they they used to have uh ryan johansson but they had to give something up to get seth jones so i just i don't understand what that franchise thinks you put together to be a a quality i just don't get it People probably wanted the Pajarvi or <laughs> not Pajarvi. All right, bear with us on this. You know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Pull my leg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
people valued that spot for that player, and you come away and you reach ahead, like you should have traded that away. Yeah, trade down. Just uh... you're right. You know that poor market. It's probably going to take another regime change to sort things out. You know. Yeah. Still waiting though. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, shifting, moving along, and as, you know, the draft stuff continues to go here, uh, I haven't seen anything noteworthy on the trade front um, popping through the tweet deck right now. Um, defenseman. So we had Alex Goligoski get um, shipped off to, to Arizona with the uh, 26-year-old GM there. I thought that was a, a good move. I think that I reckon the cap hit was all right as well. He's older than I thought he was. He, he's thirty. He, I can't he was, believe Alex Goligoski's thirty. It's because he's looked about fifty when he came into the league. So he hasn't aged today, really. I man, I, I you know what? In my yesteryear, before advanced stats, before everything, um, it goes against everything I do right now because he was a player that I, I was. Like on, like your your puck management. What what the fuck are you doing? And and now it's I I look back and it's just like kind of the you know cringy. Like man, what a dumbass I was. Um, <laughs> like the reason I was noticing these things so often was because he had the puck so often. Yeah. And this applies to the um, the young defenseman argument that we've made with Derek Pouliot and, and that kind of thing. But this was, when was that, 2010? That's six years ago. I, I was not looking at the game the way I am right now. So um, you can it goes to show just, you know, what a flaw um, the standard eye test was. And, you know, I thought what I was looking at, I thought I was pretty good at it. I don't think I was bad at it, but you can see how players like that, you you focus on these visceral events, and you can really form a perception on a player that maybe you're just not right about. And now with the numbers, you can you can coincide with what you're looking at, and be. And then you ask yourself, all right, I'm looking at it this way. The numbers are really not showing this. Uh, so what's the issue here? And then you look into it deeper and find out yeah. what the truth is. And and that's I'm glad I'm where I am now versus where I was then. I was I was a Goligoski hater, admittedly. And Dallas, that's a big hole for them to fill. I don't necessarily totally blame them giving was it five years? For him? It wasn't seven, was it? Or no. No? Nothing? Walshy? You there? Okay. Sorry. We're back. Alex Golgowski, how many years? Five. Five. He's 30-ish. 5.475. I have no problem with the the money. I think that's good value. Uh, I can see why Dallas was a little bit apprehensive for the years 
for the term. But players like him usually age okay. Um, good good skaters, good puck skills, can, can play on the power play. You'll find value with that. So I thought Arizona did well to yank one of the better options for a lot of teams right off the... Um, oh, yeah. Yep. I thought Florida did okay. They went pretty intense with Yandel, but they also knew, I think, they're going to lose Brian Campbell and that they couldn't have a setback of that nature. So they overpaid a bit with Yandel, but they, they kind of had the wiggle room to do that. The thing, the, the thing for me with, with that Yandel stuff is not so much the money or the length, it's the no-movement clauses that are inside that contract. So Yandel's got control over everything there. The club has limited control over what they can do if, if they need to move him or something like that. So to me, that's the only negative for that contract. You get there and everything you said is exactly right in regards to why they did what they did. Um, but you don't have to put those no movement clauses in. Sometimes you do. Yeah. I don't think Flurry was one of those examples, but I think sometimes, uh, you know, it can be the difference between you getting the player or not. Yeah. You really got to weigh that. It's it's tough. So, you know, Yandel, a lot of people, again, like what we said before, that you focus on the, the turnovers. What you don't focus on are the little things that these players do well over and over again that aren't really... They don't stand out. So it's like, you know, you're just going with the flow, watching the game. You're not really making a point to remember these plays, is what I'm saying. No, and the bad one comes along and it sticks out like a freaking, yeah. So, Yandel, you know, they went probably a little bit aggressive with it, but I, I see the logic in it. So, um, I thought I had a third defenseman in mind. Uh, on this kind of topic, or am I wrong? I can't think of the other one that's yeah. floating around. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, God damn. You know what, doing a podcast after a night out in the town, not one of the smartest things I've done, I reckon. Yeah, I'm ramping up the other way. Yeah, you're going up. I think I'm on the... I'm I got, the I got my uh, fish pay-per-view coming on right after uh, this <laughs> podcast. And uh, very pumped for that. And I actually had to negotiate with my wife. I had a free ticket to go to the draft tonight. But I knew we had to do this podcast too. Or go to the fish show next week. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? Hundred times out of a hundred, I'm going. I'm going to the to the fish show. Um, so. Do we want to discuss the ridiculousness of Tyson Barry? Um, I'm getting things on Twitter that the agent talked today with Colorado, and it was it was okay. Okay, so they'll keep him like they should. Maybe. Which sucks for the rest of the league trying to rip the team off, but yeah. Um, I would offer them. That they are on my list of you call and you keep pushing something. And I wrote the other day, Hornquist Pouliot Fair. Um, do I think that's a good deal for Colorado? Fuck no. 
<laughs> do, do I think that's a deal that that team may value? Yes. So push it. Yeah. It's, it's it tough to predict these teams and their mindsets. Like the Ryan O'Reilly trade shows me that, like, hello, yeah, that wasn't great value. They lost Stasny and O'Reilly. If and now and now who they got playing center for that? I mean, McKinnon's great. Don't get me wrong. Soderberg? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. They're, no, they're a goddamn gong show. Call them. See if you can get Barry. It might not work. So be it. You know? I'll be interested to see. Uh, it's funny, you know, like the. It doesn't feel like there's really going to be any trades or anything from this point on in the draft today to worry, sort of worry about. Everything's going to happen at free agency now, which is what? Five days away, six days away? Nah, you'll get trades. You'll get trades um, tomorrow. You'll get trades in between. Stamkos is a big thing before July 1 still. Do you want to talk about him at all? Yes. Okay. We've talked about him quite a bit in the past, I think. We have. So, who makes sense for this guy? I hear that Tampa Bay is willing to give him eight by eight and a half per year. I think that's a very fair deal from Tampa, given that yeah. their tax situation in Florida, no state income tax. So that eight and a half is actually worth more than in Canada. And... You know, I think that's I think that's smart by Steve Eisenman. I wouldn't go above that. But I also understand Stamkos is looking at Kopitar, Taves, and Kane and being like, uh, fuck that, I'm going to make my $10 yeah. million. It Just from a, um, you know, ego standpoint. Not, I'm not saying he has an ego, but, you know, you, I'm, I'm the big free agent. I want to be up there with those guys. You know, it's, yeah. they're natural competitors kind of deal. I, I'm not... Do not misconstrue that for me as saying that's a negative of Stamkos's character. I don't I don't mean it like that. So if not Tampa, and it's kind of looking like it's not, is Toronto? Is Buffalo? I think well, look, Buffalo is going to pony up. I don't think they should. Um, both of those teams are better options than a, a team that I keep hearing people try to bring up, which is Detroit. Uh, I would be fine with Detroit. No, you see, this is this is the thing. I hear that, and it's like, if he if he moves and he wants to move and win, right? Or if he moves and just wants to move for the money, I I still don't think Detroit fit in either aspect because I just don't see that roster as constructed and trying to move forward has has it within them to to not just make the playoffs but compete to win the whole thing. I just don't see it on that roster. They've got people on the wrong side of thirty, and they've got people either too early in the developmental curve. The, the, the roster's just not... You know how everything sort of has to time together really well to have a good run, right? Pittsburgh's a great example of what happened this year in regards to they brought Sion guys up, they filled holes, and off they went. I just don't see the developmental curves on some of the players on that roster fitting with the timeline upon which Stamkos is going to be of value to that team. I mean, I could be way off base. He might go there. No, and it, I, it I get what you're saying. Roles. I can see That's why they I want just... to replace Datsuk with that. Oh, you have well, no one can, but I know what you're saying. You, you get there with you get there with the other two teams, 
and they've both got you know franchise leading centers there already. He'd be the he'd be the front man until those guys become ready. Then it would be a transition for him to drop back to a second line center, and the franchise just grows and develops around that. So I can see it working in those two in Buffalo and Toronto. I can see it working there. If I'm Buffalo, I don't do it. You already have Eichel and O'Reilly at center. You don't really I, want to pay six mil for a third liner, do you? I I will know. You can allocate your lineup however you want. I just I worry about Steven Stamkos does not drive possession like some of these other superstars. Steven Stamkos's goal scoring is still very good, but not. Um, I don't think you can expect it to be where it used to be. If you're going to pay 10.5-11 mil, you damn well better be getting results, and I'm not sure those are guaranteed at this point in time, especially not for seven years. So I would yeah. I would, I would, would step back and say, uh, no thanks. No, I get that. I know what you mean. I... Um, you know my dark horse for Stamkos. Do you recall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think yeah. Nashville's a, a smart choice for that. Uh, imagine for... the imagine the the line down the middle. It would be very Jordan Stallish Pittsburgh Penguins when you look at it. They're a very good team. They could use that boost. I would I would do the win now for for that thing, and try my best to. Get the fuck rid of Shea Weber, but the, that ship's probably passed. So basically, they have to go for the win now until Weber becomes useless because of that contract. Probably. So you might as well, if you're going to look at it in that sense, yeah, throw Stamkos on top of the fire and they hope got that the space. The... Yeah. Have they got the have they got the guts to to do it as a franchise money wise though? Does Steve want to go there? I don't know. I, I just think that that's the team that nobody talks about with the Stamco stuff. You hear Toronto and Buffalo and Detroit and Tampa. I think Nashville's just kind of on the side there is a logical destination. Yeah. yeah I, I, you get there and go... Because Poyle's the GM over there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You just, I just wonder whether he'd be gun-shy on, on loading up all that money. Or they should. You're right. They should have a red-hot crack at it. And if you hear that they tried and Stanco said no, well, all you can do is sort of pat him on the back and go, the idea was right. Oh, I know who the other defenseman was. Who? <laughs> What a segue, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Cam Fowler, not a free agent, but like the guy that's been talked about a lot. So he's the one they're going to shift to fit their, their defenseman in. Well, I just want to pass along a congratulations to the uh, Montreal Canadiens and Buffalo Sabres for not giving up their top 10 pick for Cam Fowler. Well, it was a possibility, wasn't it? Who who is overrated? He's a second pairing he, D man. He's, nah, he's a bottom pairing D man. 
that once you get into the offensive zone, does okay things. I would liken him to Justin Schultz, but not in the same Edmonton shithole. So he hasn't. <laughs> so he hasn't looked as bad. I wonder if I wonder if Anaheim know this and they're banking. Oh on... yeah, they're trying to trade him and they're going to pay Lindholm and Vatnin. Like they're. They're doing the right thing by trading him. And they were doing the right thing by trying to bait Buffalo and Montreal for that top 10 pick. Basically, if I'm Buffalo, I'm saying, here's Tyler Ennis. Take it or leave it. Yeah. That's all you can do, isn't it? I mean, I'm in Western New York, so I've been following kind of that development all along. And I've been on the Ennis for Fowler thing. Because Ennis is kind of similar in the regards that they both have pretty good puck skills, but they don't drive possession. It's like a weird thing. So why not trade the forward for the defenseman kind of deal? The same version of themselves. That would be a fair trade. But I do think Cam Fowler's um, perception precedes his actual value. Well, it's, it's really funny. The perception was that he carried Lovejoy. Might not be true. As crazy as that sounds. Just, but that's the thing though. Like you get there, and the perception was that he carried Lovejoy, and I'm more than happy to admit that Lovejoy through the playoff run outperformed what I thought he would offer. And they did have some situations there where him and Mata basically camped out in their own defensive zone because they couldn't get the puck out. But you do get there and go, Lovejoy is obviously a very good bottom pairing supporting defenseman. Should never be the guy that's asked to do all the work, is in driving the play, but he can certainly get there and help out a more skilled guy be good. Um, so maybe that's Fowler's issue. Um, trying to think of other uh, angles we can take here. I thought there'd be more trades. Well, that's the thing for me. I'm sort of looking okay. at it now. Okay, there was. Uh, Montreal. They moved oh, Lars Eller for two second-round picks. I thought that was okay. Right? Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 2017 the, and 2018 second-round yeah, picks. Yeah, the, the return they got for Lars Eller was good, right, considering it shows you how bad the market for goalies are considering how little St. Louis got for Elliott. But then what happened with those two picks? Well, I know what you're saying, but it didn't quite work that way. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, I do. Um, so Lars Eller to Montreal netted Montreal a 2017 and 2018 second-round pick. Transitioning into what you're talking about, Andrew Shaw, Montreal had two 2016 this year second-round picks that they traded. So Montreal mm-hmm. did not get any second-round picks for this year. They got one of each for the next two years. Uh, they spent two is... this year for Shaw. Um, and looking at Dominic Alamini's hero charts, uh, Lars Eller uh, looked a little better than Andrew Shaw. Good work for me. Really good work by the Capitals to actually get a bit more depth in that bottom six that they kind of got a little bit exposed with. Uh, against Pittsburgh in that when their top players weren't driving all the play, they just didn't quite have enough there. Lars Eller can fit in there quite nicely. Lars Eller is... 
I don't want to say blah. But he is. He's a little he's better blah. than blah. He's not Nick Spalling. Let's not let's not go there. Uh, I'd say with he's, the Nick Spalling, I thought he was blah. He's he's uneventful. He's okay. He doesn't drown. But he's not really driving anything too too much either. No, but you look at what they had in their bottom six. He's in an up, he is an upgrade from what they had. And so if you're a Caps fan, you should be happy with the fact that they looked at what they had in their bottom six and went, how do we improve this without, you know, losing something from our roster? And McClellan did that. So, you know, tick for me. Who would you rather, Aller or Mike Richards? Yeah, I think you answered that question. Well done. Sure shit ain't Mike Richards. No, and that's and that's that's the reality of that trade. You go that Caps roster is so close to to winning the whole thing. They just have to get a little bit more depth there and a little bit more depth in their in their bottom pairing defensemen, and they'll go close to to going from getting past the second round for the first time in forever. That's how close they are. Like tweaks, it's all they need, and that's a really good one. Yeah, Washington, that's a fine move for them because it's not a great move. It's 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 a move. And their team gave Pittsburgh the the toughest run they got. I know I know that they didn't go to seven games and Tampa's series did. Pittsburgh shelled Tampa. Like that wasn't a seven game series as far as pace of play and pushing Washington had Pittsburgh's number for a few games there and probably deserved at least the seventh game. Didn't get it because that's just how the sport works. They're not far off. so No, that's my point. It's not big-ass moves. that they, They've done their big-ass things. they got Oshie in. They've re- rearranged the back end of their roster as well, for better or worse, with some of those signings. Um, they've done all that stuff. Right now it's tinkering around the edges without uh, without paying too much for it. That's what they have to try and do. So they have to try and fill those holes with, um, you know, hopefully not first-round draft picks, um, as in giving them away, but also with with, uh, low cap hits as well. So that's where you've got to try and fill the holes. So you've got to find those Matt Cullens somewhere, and and they'll have to go about doing that. But those moves are the things that are going to make Washington the step ahead, not a, a drastic change to anything in their top six. And I, I do want to talk a little bit about Chicago. Like, I got a total kick out of the, the Malkin to Chicago rumors. It's like, how the fuck does any of that make sense? Well, you have to give up Kane or Taves. And you're Pittsburgh. Um, I'm sorry, Malkin's better than Taves. Ooh, boy, hot take. No, not, no, that's not a popular opinion with many people. <laughs> uh, guess what? Took Taves 22 more games to score the same amount of points as Malkin this year. Malkin's not some defensive liability. Um, so I think Taves' contract is really bad. And it's... I know they had to do it, but... That one's not going to look good in a few years. There's a bold take. How about that? 
Mm-hmm. Now, ho- when, uh, I, when I say things like that, it, people can misconstrue that for me not thinking Taves is great, and I do think he's great. I think he's a really awesome player. But is he better than Malkin? No. I don't think that has ever been the case. You're talking about a player like Evgeny Malkin, who I think um, Calder, Trophy, Art Ross, Hart. um, I I forget all the trophies, uh, the Lester B. Pearson or the Ted Lindsay, what it's awarded now. Like I did a rundown, a Conn Smythe as well, and I know Taves has that. Right? He does, right? Yeah. Okay. I think Malkin is one of uh, three or four players that have all of them. Mario Lemieux, Bobby Orr, and Brian Trottier. Girl, BT. A lot of penguins on that list. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. How you can get off on a rumor like that and and just where's the logic chicago has mishandled this part of their um cup run but this is what happened to pittsburgh it just happened to them quicker well well we've we've said that crosby and malkin didn't get the luxurious six million dollar bridge deal that kane and taves did because they were too busy winning mvps so they got 8.7 million out of the gate correct they were winning art ross trophies they were winning con smites during their elcs so they got paid sooner it's one of those things where if you try to look at it in that context, it really is the the back end of of uh, their contracts when obviously their their percentage hit on the cap is shrinking because their their cap hits are, are relatively low compared to you know the other superstars in the in the game at the moment. This is where a general manager has the freedom to actually fill the roster a little bit deeper now. Um, and retain some pieces around them that they obviously had to get rid of because those guys filled up the the cap so much. So it is interesting to see how Pittsburgh's going to have an advantage now for signing those guys at, you know, correct cap hits really early. But now that the cap keeps expanding, their percentage of the cap that they take up is lower. They should be able to, if you've got a competent, I'll call it a competent general managing team like Pittsburgh have, and they can fill those things with smart signings, Pittsburgh should be okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh's fine now. Expansion draft aside, that's Pittsburgh's going to lose a good player, I think. I don't know how they avoid that. I've ran down so many current options with the seven forwards and the 3D versus four forwards and 4D. Uh, they're going to lose somebody. And that's assuming Fleury's traded. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose somebody because the teams that are really good are going to get penalized by this godforsaken expansion draft. I like the fact that they're going into Las Vegas. I just don't like the fact that they're <laughs> bending over backwards to make sure this team is competitive quickly. Yeah, they've they've really structured this. Um, I think if you so if you do seven forwards and three D, that's ten total players. Mm-hmm. I think you should be able to do um, five forwards and four defensemen, one less player. 
not two less players. I just think it sucks that you can only protect half of your actual on-ice roster. I know you can only lose one player. My biggest question is this. Okay, so... Again, Pittsburgh-centric because that's that's who we cover. Um, Nick Benino, UFA at the end of the year. Trevor Daly, UFA at the end of the year. You really... They fall in this gray area of, I don't have to protect them. They're a UFA. Okay, Las Vegas, take them. You know what I mean? Like, take them. And they'll be like, I don't want to sign here. See ya. Yep. Back you go. But but you could be like, hey, Nick, you know, in two weeks, we got this for you. How's that sound? Ah, fuck it. That sounds great. (laughs) Like... I know. That's a loophole from at least how I'm perceiving it. It'll be interesting to. Well, yeah, I just. I'm not saying the Penguins like, will buck up and eventually sign Benino, but I'm just talking about uh, the UFA situation of why would you sign the UFA before that expansion draft? Yeah. Because you can't force that UFA to sign in Las Vegas. No, he's a UFA. He gets rights. You draft him and you get him for what? It would be like trading for his rights. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested in signing here. No. Uh, it's and look, obviously we've used the Pittsburgh example, but there are going to be players on every roster that every fan base is going to be pissed that they're losing because you just you just the NHL have done a really good job of structuring it up so this team is at the least going to have enough talent to be competitive. They're not going to be a tire fire. Depending um, on who's be, running it, you're correct. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where you go, well, the general manager's got to actually, I honestly think they have to go for a, if it's not the guy calling the shots, it's the guy that's helping the guy call the shots. Just be statistical monster. You know what I mean? Just be an analytical monster um, and not allow a guy with the eye test and, and that's, I think, the biggest decision that needs to be made there. Then find a coach that wants to keep the puck and push the play. Don't go for a coach that goes, I've got, I've got a whole bunch of spare parts here. I have to try and sludge and mudge it and slow the game down and drag the quality of the hockey down. They need to try and play to win, and you, to do that, you've got to have the puck. And, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they structure everything up in regards to what they think hockey should be and then see how it goes from there. They should hire Jason Bowdero from Pittsburgh. No, they shouldn't. He should stay in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes. I have yes, a feeling right. that he's had some, you know, when you're at the, it's like NFL, the, the quarterback takes the um, the credit and the blame. When you're the GM, you take the credit and the blame, even though there are other um, options there that, you know, play into things. I think Jason Bradwell, under the scenes, probably has a lot to do with the direction that Pittsburgh's gone in, from, from what I hear. I, I know he values the, you know, he's a little bit more progressive on that front. I think I think he'd do a nice job there, and um, preferably speaking, I, I would hope he would succeed Jim Rutherford, but I couldn't blame him for saying, you know what, how, how long do I got to wait here? Yeah, I agree. I think he'd do an awesome job for them. There would be a part of him that thinks that he probably should already have that GM title because didn't he apply for the job anyway? I think so. So, yeah, you couldn't blame the man for going, right, I've got my own team, let's go and do this. Makes perfect sense. 
Um, I thought there would be more damn trades to talk about tonight. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not crying on the podcast. Edmonton no was going to do something cool, and then Columbus fucked that up by not taking the Finnish guy. So what? What? This is the thing. Like I've sort of been out of the loop, I suppose. So what was the cool thing that they were going to do? Were they going to trade down? Oh, I have no idea. They were going to do something. I think. And I, I reckon you're right. I reckon tomorrow, because now that they've, they've got what they've got, they'll be able to work out what they want to do with the other parts of their roster. I heard to... rumors of Aberley, Frechette, and Kirk, and I'm wondering why the Edmonton Oilers don't have a car service fucking driving Jordan Eberle to the airport. And that's not a, uh, uh, you know, I'm not trying to... Besmirch the good name of uh, Jordan Eberle. Yes, there's there's the word. <laughs> That wasn't the word I was looking for, but I'll use that one. I, I will not besmirch Jordan Eberle. I think he's a really good player. But for what Edmonton needs, Shattenkirk's almost perfect. Yeah. Um, Shattenkirk, by the way, if you value those hero charts I referenced earlier, he looks pretty favorable to Alex Pietrangelo. And maybe it's Pietrangelo, the... Blue should trade because I think he has higher perceived value. Oh, he does. And I don't think the drop-off would be severe, if at all. And it's it is it is one of those things where you do you do use those comparison charts and stuff like that. I love them because they have everything on there. And yes, before you're grumbling, they're not the end all be all. I know this. It's an awesome starting point. You have all of the offensive statistics. You have all the possession driving statistics relative to the team that they're on. So, yes, you'll have to put some thought into it. If their relative statistics look awesome when they're on Edmonton, maybe you have to dial it back and be like, well, he is on Edmonton. <laughs> so maybe it's not as hard to look better on that team. Or if he's on a team like Los Angeles and his relative possession is low, you could be like, well, that that team's pretty awesome at possession. So you have to do a little bit of homework and thought process yourself. You can't blindly look at those, obviously. But, I mean... <laughs> That's the longest but. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're so valuable. Just as a quick glance, you're like, oh, wow. Well, let me look into this. Like, it's a great temperature taker. And that's what I use all the time. That's the first thing I go to. Let me take the temperature of this player. And I use those hero charts all the time because it's a temperature taker. Then I look into the specificities of why the chart looks the way it does. And isn't that how we should do it? Yeah. So for people that think think it's an end-all, be-all, fuck you. That's not it. I'm sorry for (laughs) being that strong with that. I, I don't like being told that I blindly use those. Um, I use them in my blogs a lot because you know how much easier it is for me to pop up that graphic than to write 500 words that says the same damn thing? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I write daily, so I'm saving myself so much time. Like, here, just just look at that. And if I think there's something unique about it, I'll add that. But, yeah, sorry. Rant over, I guess. Now that's one of the few rants you've actually done. I like it. It's good to see. Well, I'm a teacher. It's summer summer vacation. 
drinking. You're on vacation now. Yeah. Hey. That's why I'm going to fish shows. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, barring a Malkin trade, <laughs> are we done here? I, I think so. I think I'm, I'm so. just glancing through the teams. Um, I don't know. Because it's been a while since we've been on. I'm just I'm trying to see if we are missing anything obvious. I don't I don't think so. I mean, the fun the the, the fun will start. You know, over the next. Uh, yeah, right. The the top half of the draft's done. Right. So all the trades and stuff are, are pretty much toast. If you know what I mean for today. You, you're right. The second round. So how many rounds are there? Is it six? Seven. Seven. So basically, rounds two to seven are, are are going to be picks that are added to players to create a to create a trade. There's a lot of cap space that needs to be thrown around. Detroit have still got to work out what they're going to do with Pavel Datsuk's seven point five million. I listened to the I listened to Ken Holland on uh, what was it? I think it was Hockey Central. Oh, by the way, oh. um, Datsuk fucked him. He did, and he did his utmost best. To not well, Datsuk said I didn't say, know what that contract meant, and I don't really fault him. I think the GM should kind of know yeah, that and express, "Hey, I need you to be here." The well, I think it was a three-year deal, maybe it was. He wanted out. They were lucky to get him to play this year. I I need you for the three years because if we sign this on this date, this is what this means. You have to have that conversation. I have a feeling... Or you just do the one-year shit. I have a feeling he did have that conversation, but then... Oh, uh, well, well, that's impossible to know. I, I know what you're the saying. Manager, no, no, but the Datsuk's manager... Um, well, that The guy that helped Datsuk sign that is no longer Datsuk's manager. Is probably the easiest way to try and break that down. So there was obviously a really bad breakdown of communication between those three people... And, and then um, Datsuk's now got somebody else, and they're the guys that have been trying to work all this out to try and make it palatable. But, yeah, Ken Holland did a really good job in his interview of showing that he's pissed off, not really blaming Datsuk, but showing that he really hates the shitty situation that he has, as you said, got himself into. And speaking of Detroit, Darren Dreger says... Detroit up to something. Well, Detroit better be up to something and better be willing to do something because I don't know how much time I can bullshit <laughs> to keep this podcast going. <laughs> <laughs> so do it, do it or don't, Detroit. What is it? Get off the shit or get off the park? I can't remember what the term is. I think that's the term. Yeah, it's it is it is. It is hilarious how um, players that are now no longer in the league are getting traded. I, I just find that amusing. Oh, um, no. I got you one. Got... Yeah? It's not exciting. I don't think it is. Nick Kiprios, the uh, unf- unflappable Nick Kiprios who... Started the shit. Malkin um, is going to be traded for sure because he's done there. 
says that the Dallas Stars are looking at Ben Bishop. Now, if true, that would be another uh, shiv into the side of the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Marc-Andre Fleury situation. It would be. And I, I stand by the fact that I think they're fine this year. If there was no there was no expansion draft, you'd just keep them for this year. You'd rotate the two of them in and out. I'd give Fleury probably 50 games and Murray 30. Nah, and I'd flip that. I know you would, but I think I might have a little bit of a um, personal bias on that one. I don't think um, he'd be willing to do that. Well, I don't think he'd be if, willing if, to do 50-30. Fleury, that is. If, if, that, if he's not willing to do that, then he has to go. He's handled like, it great, but I, you know, I, yeah, I deep yeah, yeah. down, I don't like. He's not going to take that. Well, the thing is, though, I've always wanted my starting goalie to do a fifty-thirty. Always, the years that he's played his best, that's not how Flurry's been. The years he's played his best, he's played fifty to fifty-five games. Every time they've played him fifty-eight and above, his numbers haven't been great. So every year they play him around that number. He's been he's been what I would call league average, and they pay too much for league average. But that's when he's been at his best when he's played that lower number. So for asset management inside the team, for me that would be the best way to do it. I can understand why he wouldn't want to, but that's the way I would have, I would do it this year if they have to keep him, because no one's gonna there's not going to be a roster spot left elsewhere to trade him to. All right. Well, well screw you, Detroit. Yeah, they, they didn't help me out there. <laughs> well, they're moving their pick. If you love the content, go to patreon.com slash hockey hurts. Donate. Little is $1 per month. Go on Twitter at Walshy66. At hockey underscore hertz at Gunner Stall. Go to hockeybuzz.com for all my penguin articles. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Thanks oh, for listening, really. Oh, there's Detroit. They took the coy- Coyotes acquiring Detroit's pick. Whatever. Thanks, Detroit, for leading us on. <laughs> 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 that, that wasn't interesting. Um, and now that it, it is summertime, and I'm off, so I'm not teaching during the day. And Walshy being 12 hours opposite our time, it is a little bit more conducive to having some guests on. So yes. uh, we already have a good one lined up. I'm not going to uh, oh, you t- tell specifically who it is. Just, just know that he eats... Certain foods with a fork and knife that most people don't. You never, never can let that go, I <laughs> He is a former colleague of mine. Um, so, yeah. We have a food expert coming on. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's his tagline, definitely. Food expert. And I expect some shit food takes when he's on. <laughs> so, and it'll probably be on almost a year to the day. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. We'll so, have to, we will have to sit down and, and knuckle out, try and get some specific people on. We've got a couple in the pipeline as well. Yeah, when so there's we'll, specific yeah. moves, we'll try and get some experts on and that stuff. Um, but yeah, the winter time is tough uh, with our schedules and the time zones, and summertime it's a little bit easier. So we'll try and do it. So, 
Uh, until next time, I'm Ryan Wilson. 